Uh, welcome to the Whitechapel Gallery. White, welcome to the Whitechapel Salon. Uh, my name is Mark Smith, and I'm your host for the evening. Um, for those of you that haven't been before, the Whitechapel Salon um, is a series of events that are organised by the Whitechapel Gallery and the Institute for Modern and Contemporary Culture at the University of Westminster. Um, the events take place on a reasonably regular basis. This is the third of four this year. Um, previous contributors uh, have been Gayatri Spivak, who spoke in March, uh, Richard Sennett in July, I think it was. Um, and just very quickly for your diaries, the, um, the fourth in this series is going to be taking place on the 7th of January. And Peter Osborne, who some of you may know, uh, will be contributing to the fourth uh, in the series. Uh, this series has, uh, has been on the question of hope, and, um, and we've been spending a lot of time thrashing around with this question and, and trying to make sense of it, um, trying to engage with the political, ethical, cultural, and, and emotional questions that, that hope raises for our past, present, and future as, uh, as citizens of the world. So that's the, uh, the plan uh, for the year and, and for the Whitechapel salons, um, both today and, and on January the 7th. Um, a bit of housekeeping just before uh, we kick off. Uh, if I could ask you to turn your mobile phones off, that would be great. Um, if I could ask you not to smoke, that would be fantastic as well. We used to be able to smoke in the old days, the year before last and the year before that at the Whitechapel salon. It was, it was a, a better time. Ooh, rosé. Excellent. Um, health and safety issues, if there's a fire, go that way. And keep going and don't use the lift. Um, the nearest bathroom, I always forget where the bathroom is. Just, Just outside? There. Okay, so if anyone wants to use the bathroom, feel free to get up and wander around. Actually, if you want to get up and wander around, get a glass of water, get a glass of wine, you're very welcome to do that. The salon is meant to be informal, um, so you should feel free to do that. You should also feel free to ask questions, to make points, to be as conversational and as dialogical as, uh, as you'd like to be. That is in the nature of the salon. So um, feel free to contribute um, as, as much as you'd like. Okay, so to uh, tonight's event, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Chantal Mouffe, who's a professor at the University of Westminster. I'm sure... Her work will be familiar to a lot of you. She's written extensively on questions of democracy. Um, she is a, a political activist, and I'm hoping that she may spend a bit of time talking about activism along with other things. Um, again, her work, I'm sure um, you'll know from Hegemony and... Uh, I've forgotten the title. Isn't that terrible? Socialist Strategy, written in the early 80s with Ernesto Leclau, through to more recent books on the political. Um, and her most recent publication came out just last month, I think, with Verso, uh, The Democratic Paradox. Well, except that it's not, it's, this is a book uh, that was published originally in 2000, but now Verso has got this thing that they are republishing some key texts of what they call radical thinkers. Okay. And uh, so this is... Publication of the democratic paradox in a new uh, uh, it's, it, 
It's, it's not a new edition. In fact, they republished it exactly with some mistakes that were made in 2000, and I had protested against. But uh, uh, so it's, it's, it's the most recently, you know, published. But it was not the most recently written. But you should still go and buy it. Yeah. That's where I was going. <laughs> so please join me in welcoming Chantal Mou. Thank you for being here. I think you'll, you'll speak for 20 or 30 minutes yeah, and, and then we'll open it out yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to conversation. Okay, well, thanks for the invitation. Uh, well, there are, of course, many ways to uh, address the question of O, but um, I'm going to approach it from the point of view of the political, both the political theories and also, I mean, um, maybe, well, ac activists, I'm not sure it's really the, the, the word I use, but, you know, it's an a politically engaged citizen. Um, of course, you might say that this is what we call deformation professionnelle, but that's, of course, obviously, how, um, you know, when you ask me to think about hope, that's how I will uh, uh, address the issue. Um, in fact, I think that in the political field, it's very important to believe, for people to believe that things can be better. They need to have hope in what the future will bring. And this is what I think that hope, in fact, I will argue, is one of the central effects to envisage, you know, how political identities are constructed. So because what I'm interested in is, you know, what's the stake in the construction of political identities, and I think that hope is really very central in the construction of political identities. Um, and... Unfortunately, as a political theorist, I must say that I think that political, democratic political theory has really not been able to acknowledge this uh, dimension. Uh, in fact, much of my work has been precisely concerned with the critique of um, existing democratic political theory because my, uh, uh, as I have argued, they are not able to take account of what the role of what I call passion in politics. And I think, you know, this is in that direction that I would want to address the question of hope. I'm going to come back to that uh, in a second. But just, you know, for those of you who are not political theorists, in order to justify my argument, at the moment they are, in political theory, two main, uh, dem again, I insist democratic political theory, but I mean, this is obviously... Uh, um, for us today, there's no uh, other uh, democracy becomes such an hegemonic view that it's difficult to imagine, imagine political theory that will, you know, be against democracy. But so what's on offer at the moment in, in political theory uh, to think about democracy is there are two models. One is called the ag uh, aggregative model or sometimes called uh, interest group pluralism. It's dominant in political science. The other one is uh, the deliberative model of democracy, which is dominant in political uh, theory. Well, I've been arguing against both of those uh, models because I think that both of them, in all, uh, albeit in different ways, are completely rationalistic and precisely do not uh, even you know, have space for uh, understanding the role that hope plays in, in politics. In the case of aggregative uh, model, they believe that people act in the field of politics, moved by their interests. 
So you are going to vote for a party because you see that you know, your interests are better represented for a party. And for them, democracy is basically a question of aggregating interest. That's why it's called aggregative model and try to find you know, a way to decide. Uh, so there is really no sp space at all there for uh, affects. The other model, which uh, is dominant in, in um, political theory, um, it been developed in a sense as a reaction against this. Uh, they were saying, and rightly so, of course, well, there is more in politics than interest. They are also, there is a, what they say, a moral dimension. Um, and for instance, I mean, the, just the two main names in that area are John Rawls, in, 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 you know, recently deceased in the U.S., and, and John um, Jürgen Habermas, in, um, they have two different models of uh, deliberative democracy. So for them, what's at stake in democracy is a deliberation about the common good. So uh, people are going to meet, and they are going to present argument, and they are going to arrive at a consensus about what should we do as a as, as, as citizen. And of course, we are going to do it, not moved by you know, what is my own interest, but what we all as a citizen if, uh, uh, to do what will be the, the, the moral, you know, uh, uh, correct way. Of course, um, personally, I, 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 I like that better than simply, you know, interest group uh, pluralism, but I find that also uh, um, really um, too restrictive because, again, in this model, you don't have... Uh, uh, any space given for affect. So in both of those models, albeit again in different ways, because on one side you've got some kind of instrumental rationality, while in the case of deliberative uh, democracy it's an, uh, uh, what we can call a communicative rationality, but it's, those are rationalist models that do not uh, uh, leave any space for understanding the role of what I have called passion in politics. I want here to, to, to uh, um, specify that but by passion, passion is basically for me a placeholder for all the things they've got to do with the affective dimension, with desire, with fantasies, you know, which I think are really important in, uh, uh, in, in the field of politics, in the way in which political identities are uh, constructed. And um, so it's definitely not individual uh, uh, passion, uh, because one of my you know, points is that in the field of politics, we are always concerned with collective identities. You know, it's always you act politically as part of, of a we, always. And what's important is to understand all those different we's are constructed. And here, uh, uh, I think that hope is a very important in the way in which a certain you know, we is going to be uh, constructed. And this is, uh, uh, for instance, I mean, I'm not going to develop that uh, here, of course, because this is not really a topic, but I've proposed uh, in, uh, uh, an alternative to those different models, what I call an agonistic model of democracy, which is precisely trying to make room for this affective uh, dimension, you know, for what I call uh, passion. And of course, that uh, uh, implies very different kind of ontology from the one that we find in uh, um, the other model. And for instance, I mean, again, but I, I can only uh, uh, mention that very briefly, uh, but I think that uh, the role of psychoanalysis is absolutely crucial if you want to understand you know, the field of politics. Uh, let's take, for instance, the question of hope. 
Well, hope is always linked to lack, because you hope for something that you don't have. And so the, 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 the lack is, is really very important. And lack is one of the central categories of psychoanalysis. You know, for uh, uh, Freud, uh, revised by Lacan, uh, the, sub the, the, the subject is the subject of the lack. lack. And they are, uh, one of the main points of uh, psychoanalysis is that there are no identities already given. They are only form of identification, precisely because the, the subject is, is the place of the lack. For that reason, we need constantly to identify with something. And, and uh, um, I think this is really important. Uh, for me, one of the reasons why uh, um, you know, this kind of rationalistic political uh, uh, theory does not understand the place of passion is because they don't have the adequate understanding of the subject. Once you understand that there is this dimension of the lack and the need to identify, then you can understand the role that all those affect uh, 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 are going to play. And I think that if we want to understand the role of hope, we need to really uh, uh, start from the, 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 this kind of uh, theoretical uh, uh, framework. But probably we will be, uh, um, I mean, we can discuss that uh, uh, if you want, but I don't want you know, to, to spend too much time on that because I will want to come directly now on the basis of this approach to try to understand what's been happening in politics, in, I would say, particularly in left-wing politics today, and oh, uh, uh, um, we can understand oh, the failure, I would say, of the, uh, the left has been precisely that it has not been able in the last decade to provide people with hope. Uh, if we ask, why are social democratic parties today in such a bad shape? You know, and they are in a bad shape. Uh, the election in Germany last uh, uh, weekend, you know, we saw the worst possible uh, uh, score for the Social Democratic Party in their history. Um, on the other, in, in uh, Austria, same weekend, uh, they were not general election, but they were local election. Again, the uh, SP, the Social Democrats, incredibly, you know, lost. Well, things don't, don't seem to be look, looking much better in, in Britain. And if we look at the situation of the, 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 the left, in, in Europe at the moment, it's this smell, really. And some people might say, well, you know, it's really curious because we will expect in a situation of crisis in which definitively you know, the uh, model of the neoliberal model seems to have been shaken. Why is it, and that's a question that many people are asking, why is it that the, the, the left is not doing better? You know, they should be doing better. Well, I think that, well, first, in general, one should not expect that in a situation of crisis, the left will uh, 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 do better. I mean, we know very much you know, by historical experience that it has not been the case. In fact, uh, in situation of crisis, people tend to you know, look for security. Uh, uh, um, but I will say that in this uh, uh, particular case, uh, it's not surprising that social democratic parties are not uh, doing better because they are not able to provide people with an alternative to the, 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 the present situation. They are not able to give uh, uh, hope 
that things could be better. And this, of course, is linked to the fact that they've been, uh, in, in, in the last decades, completely, uh, um, I would say, they've, been cap they've capitulated to a neoliberal uh, uh, hegemony. Um, they have accepted the neoliberal tenet that there was no alternative. Remember, that was Mrs. Thatcher, you know, motto, there is no alternative. And it seems that, well, in, in Britain, certainly that was the case, but that was also the case in many other uh, European countries. Social democratic parties have accepted that, you know, there was no alternative to neoliberal globalization and that the only thing that they could do was manage a bit more humanely, you know, ne neoliberalism. But as you can see, that they, 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 they were not able to give the, the, the feeling to people that there was an alternative, that there was hope that things could get better. You, know, you can't really mobilize hope on the basis of saying, you know, we are going to manage uh, uh, neoliberal uh, uh, globalization in, in a more humane way. And, I mean, that, of course, was central to the ideology of the third way, central to uh, um, this idea that today we uh, uh, um, can create a consensus at the center uh, because... Uh, and that was, of course, the thesis of uh, Tony Giddens in Britain and Ulrich Beck in, uh, in Germany. No, after the fall of communism, there are no more antagonism. We need to think beyond left and right. And uh, there is the possibility you know, to, to have some kind of uh, um, general consensus. Remember Tony Blair, for instance, uh, saying they are not left or right economic policies. They are good policy, economic policies and bad economic policies. So I think that it's really important to realize that the, the, the left, uh, uh, no, of course, redefined really center-left in uh, European uh, countries, have precisely abandoned this terrain of trying to mobilize uh, uh, the passion and hope uh, uh, being you know, one of central them, that, that there is an alternative to neoliberal globalization. All those people who are suffering, things could get better and of, offering them an alternative. But precisely what has not happened is that uh, if, if we see the, 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 the situation in, in, in Western Europe, I'm, I'm, of course there is a little difference with Obama and I will come to that uh, later, but in Western Europe, Social democratic parties have really not been able to offer an alternative to neoliberal globalization and to you know, give hope to the people. And of course, one of the consequences uh, of that, and that's something I've been concerned uh, in my work, is to show, to, to explain the development of right-wing populist parties in Europe, because it's really also uh, something really interesting uh, and worrying in those recent decades. The, the success of, in many countries, of right-wing populist parties. And my uh, 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 explanation is that those are the only parties who have been trying to mobilize the affective dimension, to mobilize those passions, and to try to uh, present to the people the idea that there is an alternative. Of course, it's an alternative that, you know, there, there is... is, is first, completely irrealistic and, of course, uh, uh, unacceptable because it's usually based on um, xenophobia and thinking, I mean, the problem is the, the immigrants, we just send the immigrants back and things will get better. The problem of, for instance, a few years ago, uh, um, in the, the, uh, Le Pen, you know, in the National Fund was saying in, in, in France, 
Look, the problem is very simple. We've got 3 million unemployed, and they have 3 million uh, immigrants. So the solution is to send you know, the immigrant back, and, and then absurd, because of course, you know, it's not a question that the, the, the immigrants were taking the jobs of, of the uh, uh, um, people unemployed. But in, in a very, you know, an, an acceptable way, I would say, but they were giving, but no, there is solution, there is alternative. Uh, um, and this is the terrain which has been uh, uh, um, really um, created for the right to mobilize because the left is, you know, always with this rationalistic uh, view that we should not really m mobilize passion, that this is something which is only, you know, done by uh, right-wing populist parties. Uh, of course, what this make us understand, and I think that's very important, is that hope can be mobilized in very different ways. I mean, people tend to think of hope as some kind of positive things. Well, hope is very ambivalent. Uh, uh, hope can be mobilized you know, in by right-wing populist parties in, in, in proposed uh, uh, program which you know, we will not uh, uh, feel acceptable in a democracy. And of course, hope can be mobilized in, 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 in a more uh, progressive uh, dimension. Uh, I, I think that we should be aware of, of, of that. For instance, recent studies have uh, uh, shown how, oh, in fact, the success of Hitler in Germany was in great part due to the fact that he provided German people with hope. With hope that things, the beginning, uh, uh, that things could be different. They were, you know, really after the First World War and the incredible uh, 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 condition that were put by the Versailles Treaty and the, the, the economic uh, 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 catastrophe that happened, they, they were really in a situation in which somebody coming and telling them, no, I'm going to make you know, uh, this a great country again, I'm going to bring you up. This is something that really plays an important role in, in uh, uh, the appeal that Hitler had for many uh, uh, groups. So it, what that means for me is that it is important for the left to engage with this terrain. We can't just leave the right, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the idea of an alternative, the idea of things could be better uh, to, to, to the right. And um, this is, of course, also something that I've been trying to you know, envisage how an agonistic model of democracy could, could play, the need to offer alternative. Or uh, um, I think that what is important here is to uh, acknowledge that in politics, um, construction of different social imaginaries are important. And that, again, is something that you know, neither the aggregative model nor the deliberative model are taking into account uh, uh, because they are rationalistic. But the left needs to construct a progressive uh, social imaginary to put forward some kind of alternative, to mobilize uh, people's passion towards a progressive alternative, to give them hope in, in you know, uh, the, that direction. Because if the, you are in a situation in which people really feel lack of perspective, lack of alternative, and if you know, the, the only 
parties who are coming and saying, you know, there are alternatives, are right-wing populist parties, then of course they are going to uh, uh, increase their, their, their appeal. So it's very important for the left to recognize the importance of this affective dimension, the importance of the construction of a progressive social imaginary. Um, I think that Many, many people on the left feel uh, um, uneasy about that because they believe that mobilizing passion, you know, is only something which is done by the right, and they say, oh, but that's populism. Well, I think we need to be aware uh, uh, that populism should not be seen necessarily as something uh, uh, negative. I mean, right-wing populism is something negative, but I would personally uh, be very favorable to some form of left-wing populism. And I will even argue that they are, uh, there is in, uh, uh, um, in any kind of democracy a populist uh, dimension. Uh, after all, a populist politics attempt to construct the people. You know, to, to, this is to, to, to give voice to the, the, to the people. And this is what you know, democracy is about. So the question is not are we going you know, to have or not a populist dimension, but is it going to be a right-wing form of populism or a left-wing form of populism? I mean, the hope which is going to you know, be uh, 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 offered, is it going to be articulated in a right-wing way or is it going to be articulated in a progressive uh, uh, um, social imaginary? So I think that that's really uh, uh, important. We should not have this negative attitude, oh, that's populist. Everything that to do with passion, with affects, is not something that the, the, the terrain, that the, the left should deal with because this is only what right-wing populist parties do. I, I think that's a very uh, uh, important uh, uh, point. But here, of course, we come to another uh, problem. You know, the first problem was hope can be uh, articulated in different direction. It's not really uh, in the right way, right wing way, or in the left wing way. But if we are thinking of uh, what's the, 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 the task for, for the left, or should they, you know, or can they articulate the uh, uh, hope in a progressive dimension? It's, it's in fact, it's more difficult for the left than for the right, uh, because the left needs to. Uh, offer, uh, uh, they can't, you know, go and, and, and have, like uh, uh, um, right-wing populist demagogic kind of politics. Because, of course, there is a, a, not a, an understanding of demo, the, the, uh, um, populism, which is demagogic politics. I mean, and obviously that's something that it, is problematic. I'm not saying that the left should develop some kind of demagogic politics. When I'm speaking of a populism of the left, I'm not thinking of uh, uh, demagogic politics. The left needs to uh, uh, offer what we could call realistic alternative. It can't not uh, offer to people, uh, uh, um, you know, false uh, promises, uh, because well, for, for many different uh, reasons, some people will, will say moral reason, but also political reason, because false promises then can. You know, re, the, 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 what can happen with false promises is that when people realize that those, they, they can be mobilized, you know, their, their 
there for hope. They are uh, being told this, this is the alternative, this is the way to go. But then when they realize that that was an illusion, that, that was uh, something that is not delivered, um, then of course hope is going to really transform into uh, uh, something very different. It can be transformed into despair, it, uh, or uh, it can be transformed into fear. Uh, um, and I think that uh, it, there is, in fact, very complex relation, I would say, between hope and fear. Spinoza used to say, and I think it was right, that uh, the two main passions that move human beings are hope and fear. And I, 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 I think that's right. Uh, and I will add that you know, those are passions which are not completely different passions, but they, they, they can really, they, they are hope can transform into fear, and, 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 and fear can also be uh, articulated into a you know, different, more uh, positive, hopeful dimension. If you think, for instance, of when something new, uh, uh, a challenge, uh, something, uh, um, you can react to that in two, two different ways, basically. You can fear the new, because you don't know what's going to bring it to you, to you, or you can hope. And of course, the, 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 this depends on how this is going to be articulated. And this is why, uh, uh, for me, uh, all those things are, are a question of what I would call hegemonic articulation. But those two, it's not that you know, in certain circumstances you can only have fear, and in another one you can have hope. No, it's all a question of all those things are going to be uh, uh, articulated. Um, but to come back to this question of um, what can happen when uh, 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 hope you know, really uh, uh, is disappointed and um, realize that those were false promises, it can turn into very kind of nasty politics. For instance, a tendency, of course, will be for people to look for scapegoats. And that, again, is something that psychoanalysis can help us to understand uh, very well. Because then we say, okay, well, we wanted this, we, want, we could have got that, but we could not because of those people, you know, were the one who impeded us to, to have the, 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 uh, this uh, uh, fullness or this realization of our hope. Um, and, and there, in fact, you know, if, if, if you... Uh, um, examine uh, political movement, you can see very clearly that, uh, um, in many cases, the, the, the disappointed hope t turn into uh, looking for scapegoats and, of course, you know, into very nasty politics. Um, it's, uh, here again, I mean, in, uh, in psychological terms, it, it, we could say that is the question of uh, um, people saying, well, my jouissance is... is not uh, uh, um, can't take place because of the, it's always looking for who are responsible, you know, for, for, for uh, uh, the, the impossibility of realizing uh, the, this hope. So uh, um, this is something which is very important for left-wing politics when they are going to try to articulate uh, hope. And this takes me to the question of, of uh, Obama, which, by the way, I've heard uh, both uh, Gayatri and Richard Sennett have, have referred to, but I'm not going to enter into uh, uh, um, too much discussion about Obama, but um, obviously it, it's clear that there was so much hope, you know, invested in, in, uh, in him, uh, and very slogan, yes, we can, you know, it's hope. Uh, um, since the beginning, it was clear that there was too much invested in that. In fact, I, I, I would say 
poor Obama was not responsible for it because he was very uh, uh, honest. He never promised a great thing. But the situation was such that people really needed to. They needed to. to, to, to. So they invested in, in, in him much more than, than he even promised. So I hope. Uh, that is not going to uh, um, you know, bring uh, too much disappointment because, of course, there, there will be disappointment, obviously. Uh, and what can happen with disappointment, I don't know, but uh, this will be an interesting case of uh, 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 you know, what happened with uh, hope not, not uh, uh, realized. So... Uh, my last point, really, I think, how long have I been speaking already, uh, Mark? 20. Okay, so, okay, so I still, I still can make a point. Okay. So what can we do? What, what, well, what should we do? What uh, should the left do? Uh, well, I think that what we need really is what I will call a secularized left-wing politics. Uh, um, a left-wing politics that abandon all form of messianism, because this is definitely something that you know. If if you pre present something that you know uh, or is evident that can't be realized, then there will be a, a, a disappointment and fear. So what is needed is to rethink emancipation. I don't think that we need to abandon the idea of, of emancipation. And, and here is the, 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 the difficulty really for the left, huh? because, um, and that's why, why I, I, I think the problem, of course, with, with, with you know, third way kind of politics, uh, concession the center, they are saying, oh, no, 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 we, you know, we need to be realistic. We can only manage, uh, uh, well, no, that's not, of course, you know, the kind of uh, position I, I defend. I think there are alternatives. But the alternative need to be envisaged, you know, not going to bring uh, what, uh, you know, Art and Negri will uh, uh, call absolute democracy. There is no absolute uh, democracy. And, and uh, it's important, you know, to also realize that total emancipation is not going to be uh, available. But that doesn't mean that we need to abandon the idea of emancipation. You know, there can be small form of emancipation, partial emancipation. And the idea of emancipation, I think, uh, uh, um, should remain. Uh, what needs to be abandoned is the kind of eschatological uh, uh, conception of hope. So hope is important, but you know, also understood in some kind of realistic way. For instance, I like the, 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 the expression of Derrida, democracy to come. You know, knowing that it will always be to come, that we should never imagine that it will come, you know, that we will ever have an absolute democracy. In fact, what we've been uh, arguing in hegemonic socialist strategy is precisely the need to redefine the left project in terms of what they call a radical democracy. But by that, it's a radicalization of democracy. It's democracy that advances, you know, make, uh, but it's never can never be uh, completely uh, realized. Uh, and, of course, it's true that it's more difficult to mobilize people on, on, on that way. Uh, it was easier to mobilize people when, you know, you will tell them that uh, communism uh, or the end of capitalism, because then they've got an uh, 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 aim. Then, uh, but this is 
of course, something that uh, uh, need to be well. We, we've seen first what has happened with, with this kind of, of politics that you know we could really get rid of what was existing and uh, build something completely uh, different. Um, and I think that today there is a, for me a real problem with this uh, 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 very trendy idea that we need to bring back the idea of communism. Because uh, uh, um, communism, we can't do it without the idea of communism. I, I'm very much against that, that idea. I think that uh, we need to... to uh, uh, um, I would agree that we can't give up the idea of emancipation, but we need to really rethink the idea of emancipation in a way which is not under sort of, you know, full realization of, of communism. So... I think what is really a stake is the development of a, a radical project without this eschatological dimension. No? Uh, uh, more thought in terms of what Gramsci called a war of position. You know, very important transformation are, are, are possible. Uh, and you know, emancipation can take place at different levels. Uh, there are alternatives. We should not accept that there is no alternative. There are alternatives, but the idea of a total alternative is something that needs to be abandoned because then when people realize that it's not going to take place, this is really going to lead to very many negative consequences. So um, I will want to uh, um, maybe to leave you with a thought by, by Gramsci, which I like. Uh, um, Gramsci said, the task of modernity is to live without illusion, without being disillusioned. And I think that, you know, uh, uh, this is OII envisage an, an hope that real, realistic hope, that uh, limited hope, saying that things can be better. Yes, we need that. But we also need to uh, uh, um, accept that there, is, there would never be a total uh, solution. So without illusion, I would say, of you know, total uh, 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 solution, but and not being disillusioned by that. Uh, I, I think that, in fact, it's, we find in, in Kant uh, idea of enthusiasm something similar to what Gramsci says here. You know, we need to be an enthusiast that, that know its limit, that know that, you know, things are never going to be completely resolved, but nevertheless, you know, we are going to, uh, 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 to try to change it. Or another quotation which uh, uh, I like is a little bit uh, uh, different, but I, 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 I am going to say it because I really love this. It's from Beckett. Ever tried, ever failed, no matter Try again, fail again, fail better. An optimistic Beckett. There you go. Are there any um, immediate questions or comments or thoughts? As I said before, feel free to get up and go to the bar, have a wander around. You need to use the roving mic. Um, because the, uh, the salons are recorded. So um, feel free to stick your hand up and um, we'll um, find you. Hello. My, my question is that um, 
in, in this quote that you, you mentioned about to live without illusion, without being disillusioned, it strikes me as being very close to how uh, Cornelius Castriadis defines autonomy. And I don't know if you've sort of... Yeah, if you're, and that's also very much informed by psychoanalysis, I think. Um, do you, would you agree or do you, can you comment on that? Yes, I mean, I, 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 I'm very familiar to the work of Castoriadis. In fact, I took a seminar in Paris at the Ecole and I've uh, 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 always found uh, uh, his work. In fact, it was very important, uh, uh, to be honest, in my own development. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I don't want to get in too, too personal in here, but... Uh, uh, um, I mean, not only the work of Castoriadis, but socialism and barbarian, Claude Le Fon, people very, very important in my, in my personal, you know, intellectual development. Uh, um, I have, nevertheless, some uh, um, something that I, I, I find problematic in, in Castoriadis, and this is why I personally f- feel more on the clo- uh, side of Claude Le Fon, who, who was, you know, the, the other uh, uh, main figure in this, is that I don't, I think that Castoriadis does not really uh, acknowledge the difference between uh, uh, ancient democracy and modern democracy, and that's something that Le Fort does, because for Castoriadis, the idea of democracy is still, we can still think of democracy today as the ancient Greek did. And I don't think that. I think that there was with, you know, uh, uh, enlightenment, modernity, I don't know what you would call it, there was a change of, of, of uh, uh, um, symbolic organization of society. So the, 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 the idea of um, modern democracy needs to be understood differently from the idea of uh, ancient democracy. But that would be my disagreement with Castoriadis. But on the other side, I find its work very interesting and stimulating. We have one over there. Let me be the guy who runs around with this. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask about, um, you talked towards the end about secularized left-wing politics. And I'm just wondering whether you didn't think, you talked about hope and passion, and both of these words seem to me to be actually inherently theological. The passion, of course, um, Christian term, and, and hope in, in terms of its kind of disposition towards something that isn't there, that we cannot see, that lack that you're referring to, um, and it's sort of somewhere either in the future. Um, so I'm just wondering whether secularization is really the kind of direction we should be headed towards us. Well, uh, maybe, the, the, no, I see your point. Uh, uh, and in fact, uh, when, yeah, yeah, uh, no, that's a very interesting uh, comment, and I need to think about that, because I uh, um, certainly didn't mean that we need, it was not nothing against, uh, uh, it was, I was a secularized politics, huh? Uh, um, I wouldn't, in fact, uh, the, the question of secularization is something I've been uh, working uh, uh, on a lot at the moment, but in a different direction. Uh, and it, it's, 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 it's got to do really with, with, with the question of, of, of politics. 
I, I think that uh, uh, you are right to point out that you know, uh, religion, by the way, religion is also a, a way in which hope is, is articulated. Um, and in fact, I would say that today, uh, 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 I mean, different form of religion, but Islamic fundamentalism is also a way in which hope is articulated. Uh, I'm not speaking of high-wing populism, but uh, so it, it, it can be articulated also in religion in you know, ways which are positive or, 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 or negative. Um, I, and so I was not saying that, I'm, I was not arguing for a disappearance in religion in our societies. Uh, uh, in fact, I, I, I very much, you know, uh, believe that the, 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 the form of uh, it depends, of course, on your understand secularization. But uh, um, I, I'm very critical of the way in which uh, laicite is understood in France, you know, because it's understood as anti-clericalism, and I, 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 I find this is not how it should be understood. Uh, uh, um, I think that. What is important is the separation between state and religion. But as, as long as state and religion are separated, this is for me what is secu secularization. As, as long as, say, uh, uh, um, then I don't, I don't think that we should be against religion, but a religion needs to also keep its place in society. Uh, um, and when we think of the place of politics, and then, of course, it will be... Uh, um, Let me, let me say what can, I can say that. Uh, uh, um, of course, you can't uh, 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 argue that uh, uh, it wouldn't make sense to speak of, of a Catholicism or Protestantism without the idea of, of you know, an, an, another life. In, in, in fact, in, in the, 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 the case of uh, religion, I mean, this kind of eschatological dimension is inherent in religion. Uh, uh, but I think that the problem is when you translate this eschatological dimension from religion to politics, you see? And this, of course, uh, is, is, is what has been happening in, in many, many cases. And obviously, I mean, there are a lot of studies on, on, on that uh, which have been arguing that, I mean, the idea of communism was, in fact, you know, transferring the... the, 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 the I, and I think that, yeah, that's where I will say... Uh, uh, this is when I, I spoke of secularization, but you are right. I need to think uh, uh, if it's the, the right word because it can be understood. I, I, I will, was thinking of non-eschatological conception of, of open politics. Yeah, I, thanks. Can we throw the question back at you? Well, so I'd just be really interested. I mean, because it's absolutely the right question. Well, I guess I'm thinking perhaps, the, you know, we're used to thinking about communism having failed because it was like um, utopian or absolutist. And um, that for me, perhaps the failure is that it actually it wasn't religious enough. Not, the problem with it is not that it was religious, but that it wasn't religious enough. I mean, what do and, you mean by that? That <laughs> was not religious enough. The well, communism was not religious enough. That's what you are saying? Yeah, well, I guess, um, I guess what I'm thinking is that in, in the sense of hope and in the sense of passion, if you insert these into a political program in some sense as effective, as energizing, um, they involve some, some kind of a leap of faith. That, that's how I understand the terms. And um, I'm thinking 
for example, if someone like Simone Veil, uh, whose work is neither left nor right, she was, I don't know what she was, but she was kind of trying to construct a passionate politics. Perhaps, I mean, that's, I was just very interested in, in yeah, your use of passionate I, I, politics. I, 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 I wouldn't see really Simon, Simon Veil as an example of, of what, I mean, I think she's a remarkable character, uh, 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 absolutely. Um, but, I mean, this is not, we do, do, I, I will not put her as an example of what a left-wing uh, politics no, would do. No, uh, precisely, uh, uh, but I think maybe that's our, I don't want to kind of use the, the, the we, but perhaps our, our problem is that we are not embracing the notion of the passion in, in a more religious context, not in the sense of creating a kind of um, believing that we can be absolutely free or absolutely emancipated, but that we need to kind of have a certain energy and vitality that comes from um, a certain horizon which we, we acknowledge it actually is not here. So we acknowledge the limited realm in which we, we live, but nonetheless we, we draw power and force from something that is external, something that is exterior. And that's sort of my understanding of not religion in any particular doctrinal sense, but as a disposition, as, as, as a kind of theological energy. I think the left has been too wary of that, and, and I wonder if that's exactly what the right has, that we don't. They have this kind of oomph yeah. That, yeah. that is, you know, theological in essence. And good uh, well, outfits. And, well, yeah, say, and, um, and shiny, um, shiny outfits. I will not. Uh, uh, I sympathize with a lot of the things that you are saying, but uh, um, I will say things differently. For instance, I think what what you are indicating is the origin. Where do do do, do because we could ask, but that's of course it's a different question. Where do left-wing conviction come from, for instance. Why do people uh, 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 fight for justice and equality? And I agree with you that, and I've got a lot of discussion with several, you know, uh, 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 friends, people who are basically anti-religion, and, and I say, no, God. I've been living in Latin America, and I've been in contact with the theology of liberation there, and I tell you that the most fantastic, committed, left-wing people that I've met in Latin America, all, all have come from, they were engaged in politics because of their belief. And they took, you know, religion seriously and, 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 and the uh, uh, teaching of Christ seriously, and they, for that we've got to, 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 to fight for justice. So I, I'm not at all uh, 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 anti-religion. Uh, but... Of course, there are also other people that can be moved to fight for justice and equality who are not religious. So I will say, well, you seem to, 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 to locate passion only in religion. I mean, I think that a religion, and I, I'm really convinced on that, can be a source of, of you know, uh, uh, the, the mover for this uh, uh, passion. But uh, for justice, but in that case, it would be passion for justice, you know, or passion for equality, or passion for. Um, but uh, uh, not necessarily. There are also other uh, for the people who are not at all religious, who also are fighting for equality. Uh, um, so what what I will argue is that uh, um, it's a mistake to believe to see for, for left wing politics to see 
religion necessary enemy. And of course, in many cases, you know, religious uh, institution and religious hierarchy and things like that. We also have seen what happened with the theology of liberation precisely, you know, the way in which the, 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 the Pope and the hierarchy, you know, have, have stopped it. Uh, uh, so there is a fight in the, in the church about that. But uh, uh, it, it, it can be a, 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 a source of passion for justice, passion. But it's not to say, it seems to me that you are implying that when you say passion and, 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 and uh, comes from religion, it can come from religion, but it also can come from other places. Not only uh, religion, uh, but, but something other. I mean, justice, justice is related to the good, and the good, I can't conceive... I can't think of a secular definition of, of the good. I, I, I cannot understand the good in, in secular terms because it's, yeah, it's a, other, completely other. Yeah. So to me, that is a theological term by definition. And therefore, any sort of politics that directs itself towards the good is, is in some broad, very yeah. broad, amorphous no, I sense, I religious. Uh, no, but that there I will, I will disagree. I will uh, agree for a plurality of force of... Uh, 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 um, conception of the good. No, people were not... Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. It would be interesting to see other, other, uh, other point of view here. But, uh, no, I, I, I think we should not exclude that because too, too, too many leftists exclude religion. But, but you seem to do, it seems to be the, the opposite <laughs> position. Yeah. That, uh, uh, and, and, no, I, I think that there are many, many sources uh, uh, but religion is definitely one, but not the only one. Actually, back from you. There's a question over here. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I. Well, I'm finding it very interesting to put this 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 whole conversation into context because I spent the last two days. Um, with a bunch of activists, um, with people involved in the climate camp, were plotting a swoop on some coal-burning plant in Nottingham. And, um, and in that milieu, I and mean, it's interesting to make the transition, and I thought it might be something to bring up. Um, in that milieu, the lack of sort of hopeful and utopian visions is, is certainly not felt. There's lots of different competing ones. Um, there's a sense of imminent dramatic change is definitely going to happen for the good or bad. Um, sort of feel great all sorts of passion about intervening in that. And then, you know, I come to this environment and, and we're all talking about the left and we're all the left here. Um, but, uh, and there's a conversation about the need for engagement, a kind of strategic discussion, but, but it's on a plane of abstraction that confuses me a little. Um, and I guess the question, there seemed to be a certain ground assumptions. One was that left is essentially talking about the electoral parliamentary left on some level, um, whereas, you know, in the other milieu, there was an assumption that the left was not that. Um, so there's this kind of cleavage of, of, you know, sort of basic ground assumptions are totally different about um, what the left or effective left even is. So I was just, I, I left, with, I mean, the strange feeling that, you know, we, I, I've been given a call to sort of let us, we need to hope, we need to renew, we need to form a new strategy, but almost no idea what that would mean. Maybe it's because I've been plotting with people about very practical things for the last couple days. So um, are we calling for a kind of a radical populist social democracy based sort of on an electoral strategy? Is that what we're saying here? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of trying to come out of it with a vision of what actually this, if we all had to go out and do something right now, what would that be? 
Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's up to you. I'm certainly not pretending to, to tell people what they should do. The only point I really uh, want to make is that what's important for the left is to offer an alternative to, to say they are. I mean, we don't have to take uh, uh, neoliberal globalization as a fate that, you know, we've got to adapt to because this, this is... Uh, 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 I mean, I know that you know, there, there is the alter mondialization movement. I mean, I'm not saying that all the left is like that, obviously, I mean, of course. But uh, uh, I think that, uh, uh, and in fact, I was referring to the reason for the, 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 the collapse of social democratic parties in, 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 in Europe. And I was saying the problem is that those parties have not been able, they, are, they have not even really tried uh, to, to offer an alternative, you know, and, and so they can't give the hope to people. So uh, 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 th this was my, my main uh, point. So my, uh, uh, what I was saying, it's important for, if they want to, you know, really uh, uh, get out of this situation, they, they, they need to break with, with this consensus of the center, which is presented uh, as being, you know, uh, progress for democracy, because democracy is supposedly become more mature. No, we don't know. This is, in fact, that's what I've been working on. My agonistic model is to say, no, democracy, you know, needs to have contestation, disagreement. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, um, but what, I'm, I'm not here to tell you what you should do. Uh, uh, I, 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 I think that we all need to, yeah, what is important is to, and this is a task for all of us who want, you know, to, to in the sense, part of, uh, be part of a we of the left, but I'm not, I'm not even sure that, I, I, that we are all wanting to be part of the, of the we of the left, and that's okay, uh, uh, um, is to envision an alternative to neoliberal globalization. But that can be done in many different ways, and that this is something which, you know, many people, many people are go. this is the task for all those little groups and things, and for instance, one thing for artists, how are we going to contribute to that? Another thing is for, you know, academics and things. So it, it's, it's definitively not uh, uh, to uh, question is not to give you a blueprint, but to insist that if we want to uh, take seriously the role that hope plays in the construction of political identities and not leave this terrain to the right, not allow uh, the right to mobilize this desire for uh, uh, you know change and this uh, you know passion. Of, I, I really agree with Spinoza. There are two main passions which move human beings: hope and fear. And and, and and it's very important for for politics you know to understand that. Can and and uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was yeah. can and it's a bit cheeky, but. To ask you the, the question back again, I mean, you, you spent a couple of days in Nottingham, which which is impressive. Oh well, that's oh that's that's okay then. Um, doing, you know, you you've been doing things, you've been doing practical things, you've been plotting. Um, I mean, they're they're your words. Um, how do you think things like practice exist, um, if not outside of of the realm of ideas and and discussion and impulses and passions and so forth. Then, then certainly in relation to them, I guess I'm asking what that relationship is as as you understand it. My, well, um, there's the, the 
version. Quick version. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I think that these things have always been at the point, but I mean, what, what I'm interested in is Sorry. what I'm... They're always intertwined. What I'm very much interested in is ideas that develop through action rather than by people thinking about what they might do if they did do action. Um, and, um, you know, for example, there are all sorts of interesting ideas about forms of democracy that have been developed within social movements, um, solving practical problems through the application of ideas. And, and I, um, one could talk about this for ages. What I was really specifically saying is, I mean, the, the, the way that the conversation was sort of floating was, was just because I just had the experience of lots of arguments about ideas, but always directly related to campaigns, particular visions, you know, what is it that, uh, what do we, what are policies that, or ideas that could actually address dilemmas of growth, you know, various things that were being thrown around. And they were intimately related to projects of action. But also, what I was drawing attention to is there seemed to be some underlying assumptions in this conversation which weren't being stated, um, which were that the left is essentially an electoral body, um, which I find interesting insofar as there has, you know, indeed been a collapse of that. Um, but partly there's, a, as we were saying, but we're sort of addressing this sort of stump um, I'm not quite sure whether the address was to people, tacitly to people who've dropped out of a certain type of political engagement to reimagine how they might get in, and what the tacit message was. There seemed to be various things not stated, and that's what I was trying to bring out by comparing that particularly to mm -hmm. a group of people who are, you know, made certain decisions. We're not going to do electoral politics, but we are going to do this sort of direct action, and it's going to take a certain form. And it's mm -hmm. going to, uh, okay. yeah. This is what I, I just want to put in clarification no, 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 in relation. That's a very important point. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and uh, no, I, 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 I agree that's something that I need to address. In fact, my, my position on, 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 on that uh, um, is, is certainly not that electoral politics is the only politics we're doing, obviously. Uh, but that it is a necessary element of, of, of politics. You know, I, I, I really think that what we need is an articulation between this kind of more uh, uh, traditional electoral politics and, 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 and the, uh, uh, you know, so, social movement. And I'm personally uh, uh, worried of the fact that in, in uh, um, the globalization movement, for instance, is not the only position, but there is a tendency to to believe that we can completely ignore, uh, 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 in fact, that we should ignore uh, the kind of you know, politics uh, concerned with you know, taking state power. I mean, uh, and, and that um, the, only, the only task now is to build next, uh, forget about uh, the traditional politics, forget about the state, forget about the, the, all those things, and just let uh, us construct a different kind of society. I mean, this is a tendency which is very, very uh, 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 widespread today, uh, and it's got its, you know, theoretical tenor. And I'm, I'm definitively against that. I'm again, I'm not, oh, of course, defending. Uh, uh, no, no, politics. You know, it's only a traditional politics. What I need, I, I, I'm uh, uh, in favour of working together. You know, some kind of synergy between trade unions, political parties, uh, 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 activist, activist group, because I don't think that civil society on its own can ever really uh, uh, be able to transform profoundly the relation of power. 
uh, that's a, a, a something which for me is absolutely central. They are uh, uh, um, nodal points of power which need to be trans attacked, transformed, and is not you know true. Only activist movement that this is going to be done. Uh, activist extra parliamentary politics. So I, I really uh, am in favor of working together, a so synergy of different. Those different things are important. I think it's very important not to only you know direct one uh, uh, effort towards uh, uh, party politics, but one should not dismiss party politics either. I know that is not easy because most of the parties that are on offer at the moment are not really parties you want to work with, and, and I'm exactly in the situation. But uh, uh, um, on the other side, I think it's, it's without uh, parties and without, uh, I, I really don't think that, that things could ever be uh, 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 profoundly transformed. So I, I think that is also it's an, a terrain in which we also need to engage. Very quick question. Um, activism, how many people here are involved in some kind of activism but don't see that activism as being in any way caught up in the concerns of the left? I mean, not really. I, I won't pick on you. Oh, I might, actually. But... I mean, whether it's a parliamentary or, or a popular or a, a political, non-party political understanding of what the left might be. Um, so maybe it's more to you that <clears throat> because you seem to make a big differentiation between the social movements and political parties. I, I understand the differentiation between kind of electoral politics and and civil society or social movements. But shouldn't we also think that political parties have been social movements, they still are, and they should be? Or, or Because I can also see a tendency in the civil society and in the movements that you are talking about, I have my background in them, that there is a tendency that people are looking once again for a new kind of organization or an organization that comes close to the party politics. Um, Kind of Leninism is coming back, <laughs> and I, you, I think it's totally okay to disagree with that. But that there is also, there is also a sort of a disillusionment with the, the NGOs and, and all that. Um, that, and I think that also it's, it's related to the the hegemony and the socialist strategy book that was still very much or was very much engaged with the kind of social movements coming together and art, articulating their fights together, and now. 20 years after that, or 25 years after that, we're once again seeing, well, the, the neoliberal hegemony is here, and it's stronger than ever, and kind of we, that there is a desire for more centralized organization again. And this was not me being in favor or against, but that, that's, I see it as, as a tendency also in the social movements. There's a question there. I'll say just one thing. I mean, first of all, I'm... I'm, I'm my own particular positionality, I'm an anarchist myself. Um, so, I mean, I come from an ethical standpoint whereby, you, you know, the use of systematic coercive force to make people do what you like is, 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 is never going to lead to really positive emancipatory results. Um, uh, on the other hand, what I, I would, if I was looking at a broadly strategic perspective, um, I think that 
you know, your point about politics being inherently agonistic, I think, can be employed here. That, like, we don't all have to work together. We can hate each other and still, like, converge towards a common goal. And I think that that's the most likely... Um, I mean, because in order to preserve that space of experiment where one can actually work out what alternative forms of democracy might be like, you have to insulate yourself from certain compromises that are going to be inevitable if you take an electoral or an NGO route, if you articulate with capital or you articulate with, with coercive forces of the state in certain ways. Having that space open means that there are certain other things you can't do, especially in an immediate sense. But, and it means that you kind of have to create these walls of antagonism between other people who are in other senses your allies. But, I mean, maybe that's good. We don't all have to love each other. Um, I had a question that relates to what we were saying before, before your question, so I don't know how to fit in, but anyhow. Um, I'm especially in relation to the uh, global justice movements and their anti-statist strategies, and uh, it seems to me that there is like a big disillusion as well, and David, correct me if you're, in this electoral system, in electoral politics and uh, state and things like that. Um, what I want to do is like to transfer it to another context. Um, if we look at the Italian context, for instance, the emergence of Berlusconi now is um, often said that, that he has lots of success, apart from the media, apart from many things, because he presented himself not as a politician, because he was showing himself as if he was not in, embedded in electoral system, in not in the, you know, classical electoral politics. So, and he gave hope. Like, the hope was given to the people because he was not a politician. So I was wondering if you can, I don't know, reflect on that, maybe explain how the politics of hope relates to the hope that it's created by people that... Yeah. Do you no, know no, what I mean? I think you are absolutely right. Uh, 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 and it's true that the success, because pe people are flabbergasted by, 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 by the sex of, of, of Berlusconi. And uh, um, I, I mean, I think England, but in, in the rest of Europe, you know, we, we were so shocked that he could even go back to come back to power. You know? um, and no, I spoke with a friend of mine in, 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 in Bologna about that, and I said, but, and of course, all the, my friends in Italy are absolutely anti Berlusconi, but even he said, but, I, because I was saying, but what's wrong with the Italians? I mean, what's happening with those people? How can, can, can they, you know, be, they, it's particularly since, you know, uh, my first book was on Gramsci, and for many years I was, very, very involved in Italy. I was going to Italy every year, and, and, and for me, Italy uh, was really a source of inspiration for many years. It was the place where... So, and suddenly, you know, to, 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 to see this, I said, what's happened? What's wrong? What's, uh, um, and what, what he said is that, but, you know, you should... Uh, uh, and, 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 and that, I think, goes in the direction of what, what you were saying. Explain to you, say, but... You know, you should have seen what the Prodi government was uh, in 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 term of of the the and it just didn't work. There was no other. And I remember at the moment, in fact, when uh, 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 the Prodi government was found, a, a friend of mine uh, here in uh, with us knows a lot and has written about Italy. In written, Donald Sasson told me. 
He said, that's not going to be able to work. He said, imagine it is a government like if in France, you have a government that will go from uh, François Bayrou to Alette Larguillé. I mean, you, I don't know what, for, for maybe for Arlette Larguillet is the very more extreme of, of left, extreme left, you know. And François Bayrou is center. And, and, and uh, you know, right of the socialists. And, and, and he said, the, the government in, in Italy, the Prodi government is trying, it's not going to work. You can't really put. So it apparently, you know, the, according to this friend, situation was so chaotic. So maybe people have thought, well, after all, you know, better get Berlusconi. It, 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 it's a strong, he, he can, uh, uh, he will bring us order. Because I think that, that, that that's something which is very important in, 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 in politics. Um, in situation, pe people need some kind of order and stability. And in situation in, 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 in which there is disorder, the person who offers order will always, you know, be the one that can articulate hope, hope for order. I think that's something already that Ops was very uh, uh, aware of, you know, in vision of uh, uh, the war of, of against all and suddenly the one who is going to bring order is going to be. And I think that uh, 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 maybe Berlusconi's success can be understood on those lines and then think, oh, we are fed up of all those kind of struggling between, at least this guy is going to bring uh, 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 some form of order. Uh, and of course, you know, it was always, uh, there, was, there is more, even more than that. It's the fact that he, he wanted to project some kind of very hopeful uh, idea. But I think that it must be understood in the context of, of, yeah, of, of a very specific context of, of, of Italian politics, of course, the collapse of the, the, the social, the, the Christian Democrats and things like that. But the, the fact that Italian politics have been for you know, no few decades completely chaotic, and Berlusconi is the one who seems to be able to to, to provide some some order and to bring hope to the. So I, I yeah I, I think that it would be interesting to examine it you know from from that point of view. Uh, I think by the way uh, 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 and, and maybe uh, uh, Julia you can say something to us about that. Uh, the, the, the attraction of Putin in, in uh, um, Russia can also be seen as the, the one that after all the chaos of, of uh, Yeltsin and things like that, somebody, you know, who is going to provide some order, you know, give us hope that, you know, this country is... So I, I, I will really interpret the, the, the appeal of Putin uh, under those lines. Going to, and also the idea that... Uh, uh, Russia can be great again, you know, we, we need, we, we uh, uh, um, so it, I, I think this, this element of hope, providing people with hope, could also be, play a role in the, the appeal of Putin. You think so? Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I also depends to the important idea of communal solution by But I'm just, uh, no, absolutely, so <coughs> I was just wondering, I spent two days on uh, the Labour conference in Brighton and um, talking to lots of people just because I was just writing for Russian newspaper and um, people completely disappointed. Most of MPs just talking about when we're going to get rid of, you know, Gordon and who's going to be the next 
guy and they, they understand there's no hope. There's no hope at all. They kind of already surrender, you know, preparing for the funeral. And um, obviously, <clears throat> and we're talking to people and say, well, you know, but we have to explain to people what's the difference, like, to begin with, the essential difference between left and right. Because um, I was wondering how many here people are actually are members of Labour, Labour Party, if I may ask. Because I mean, I, I'm a supporter of Labour, so I, I can't. If you I don't feel comfortable, think, please put your hand up. If you know, you're uh, we're talking about politics and in terms of like you know being super active, wandering around, and doing lots of things. Not but many. you know, and uh, many. But what for? What's with what kind of vision in mind? So I'm just wondering if, I mean, Labour Party is in the. I'm not kind of doing the propaganda for Labour. I'm not. I'm not a. Um, member of the party myself because I'm a Russian citizen, but um, I, I'm, support, I'm supporting the party. And I think, yeah, from the different perspective, you know, that's what I do, but there's lots of people who want to change the situation. And, you know, that's my question. You know, how many, are you all activists, artists? From which perspective? Are you left at all? Maybe not, I mean, I don't know. Thank you. But, uh should we just pile up a few questions? Yes. David Cunningham, are you okay. a member of the Labour Party? Not since 1995 is the answer <laughs> to that question. Um, the point I was going to ask, it's, or it's a general point relating back to the earlier discussion, was I suppose it's a question, to what degree does hope need a determinate object? I mean, in, in terms of talking about a realistic alternative, because it seems to me in terms of the anti-globalisation movement, one of the interesting things about it, but also one of the problems about it, was that, in a sense, from the beginning, there was almost an agreement not to talk about what you agreed about and, therefore, what you disagreed about. And, therefore, you could have the idea that you could love or hate the people you were working with, radically disagreeing, but, in a sense, you, you wouldn't, simply wouldn't talk about or theorise the, the problem of what you were working towards. You know, so you said that another world is possible, but very little, indeed almost an, a, a deliberate um, consensus, I'm tempted to say, not, not to define what that world was, even in the most kind of minimal terms. And so in a sense, perhaps the, the ineliminability of state politics or party politics is, is that sense of party politics are standing in in modern democracies for the idea of setting out something like a determinate object of hope. And the problem that the Labour Party has had has been, in a sense, its inability since the 1970s, if not earlier, to set out a kind of determinate object of hope in that sense, except in perhaps very small areas. And I was thinking that the nearest British equivalent, the British not being known perhaps for their enthusiasm or passion or populism, um, would be the London mayoral elections. You know, it would be with Livingston and then Boris Johnson, that similarly people who stand in a kind of ambiguous relationship to party politics um, and who operate through a kind of very British form of populism, I guess, in that sense, or, or, or appealed as these uniting figures who although certainly don't bring order in the case of Boris Johnson. I don't quite know what Boris Johnson brings, but it, it, it appeals in some sense to that idea of a kind of populist that's both inside and outside of a political party in that way. But anyway, the, the, the more general point was this, was this question of does a realistic alternative then mean that the job, in a sense, of something like party politics is to come up with a determinate object of hope? 
rather than to <coughs> have a more kind of neo-anarchist indeterminate sense of hopefulness but without defining where that hope is directing no, uh, itself. Yeah, well, but, but before I move to that, I think uh, um, I'm interested to, uh, I've never thought of it before, but it's true that in fact both Livingstone and uh, 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 Boris Johnson are some kind of maverick. They are, they are not uh, really identified with the party. They are, uh, 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 you know, uh, and that's interesting. Uh, uh, they, 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 they appeal, uh, 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 yeah, it's, it's certainly to vote for those people is not an identification with the party, either Labour or Tory at all. You know, it, it is, that, that, that would be something really interesting to, to investigate. The, 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 yeah, I, I, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, uh, um, no, but in, uh, the, the other question, uh, uh, no, I, I, I think hope, no, the need to have something very determinant. It, it's, it's more what, you know, and it's so-called an empty signifier in a sense. You invest in something, uh, uh, um, I'm quite sure to, uh, 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 yeah, hope is not something that, you know, concrete policies, of course you need, uh, but, but it, 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 it's, it's more to do with the construction of the social imaginary. That's what I, I think, the, the progressive social imaginary, and, uh, uh, um, which, of course, you know, it, it's uh, uh, to... to, to, to and, and, and the idea that, for instance, in, in, in the case today, fundamentally, yeah, that there is an alternative to neoliberal globalization, that uh, uh, the another world is possible. Uh, um, but this is why I, 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 at some point, of course, it was clear for the uh, anti-Alter, uh, because I don't like the term anti-globalization, anti-globalization movement, that uh, um, and you were right, at the beginning, and in Seattle, for instance, was, they, they were really very different and antagonistic groups present there. Huh? So, so uh, and, and it could not have gone out like that. Uh, 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 at some point, in, you, uh, um, they needed to uh, define an adversary. I mean, for me, that is absolutely central in politics. There is no politics be, uh, uh, without defining an adversary. And this is where uh, the moment of, you know, the, 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 the establishment of frontiers takes place. And it's, it's, it's uh, uh, um, I don't know, reflecting on the development of the uh, um, alter-globalization movement, I mean, the, 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 I'm not sure about that really, but I've, be, I've been trying to understand, but because it, 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 it's such a strong start, and suddenly, you know, no, uh, uh, still exists, and it's important, but it does not mobilize, you know, the imagination and the hope of the people in, in, the, in the same way. Uh, um, and I think it was very important in their evolution at some point they yet to, to they just couldn't go on having all those uh, 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 completely antagonistic groups. At the moment, of course, when they began to try to define the alternative, this is where the, the, the split takes place. Uh, 
Um, but for me, the, 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 the main problem with the movement, I mean, and of course it's not true for all of them because it's a very heterogeneous movement, and the, but there was this uh, uh, um, attitude that we don't want to have anything to do, uh, I'm, I'm, I've never taken, play, uh, taken part in any of the world movement, but I was in several European uh, uh, world forum. And uh, I remember, for instance, the one in Italy, people were very critical of the fact that the parties were there, the tradition were there, and they said, we, those people have no space here. We don't want to have those, those people. And I think that was really a problem. That was really a problem because you can't really you know, imagine and define an alternative to neoliberal globalization if you, if you say we, are, you know, we don't want to have anything with those. So I think that has been a, a definitely one of the problems with those, uh, uh, the movement, the, the, the not wanting to, to work together. Of course, I understand the, the, the parties on the other side were trying to, uh, 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 you know, go. Uh, it, it was really funny, for instance, to see how in France, so many, even right-wing parties wanted to be present in Porto Alegre because they felt that they needed to be there, you know. So there is always, they all are, are always going to try to recuperate the, the movement. But that's, that's you know, uh, uh, you, you can't just say, Okay, we don't want them because it's, it's a fight. It's a little guerrilla fight, uh, and we've got to accept, to accept that. Um, after, after that, um, I think something which has also been a problem for them, the situation has changed, you know, for instance, um, this kind of anti-state attitude, which was so dominant, is not, it doesn't make sense today. For instance, in Latin America, when you see that you've got so many left-wing governments, which are, in, in fact, Chavez, in, in, in one of those uh, uh, World Social Forum took place in Venezuela. In Chavez, so that point to, to them, look, you know, <laughs> You can't be anti-state because we in Latin America know me and, 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 and people, we, 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 and, and Evo Morales, and we, we are the state and we are uh, one thing to make. So we need, we need to work together. I, I think that's, so the, 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 it was clear at that point that you could not conceive a left-wing strategy in, in that against state. The state is not the enemy. The state can be the enemy, can, but it can also be an ally. You know? So I, I, I think that this really put, put them in some kind of disarray, and, and, and today they are not really uh, able uh, to, to, to know where, where they stand in, in terms of that. But the, the concrete question about uh, uh, um, does it need... No, I don't, I, 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 I don't think that... I mean, the way hope is mobilized is not through uh, uh, um, very specific policies. It's, 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 because that, that, that is exactly what, what the, the, the uh, rationalists will think. We need to uh, offer policies, and, and, and then people are going to be rational, and people are going to understand that this is best. But they don't, and they, they, they leave aside the, the, the aspect of the mobilization of passion. It's also, for instance, the, the, this is why I think that rhetoric is extremely important in politics. And I think it's again, it's a mistake to believe that rhetoric is necessarily ma manipulative. You know, rhetoric is a way in which, uh, uh, um, in fact, a, a rational argument needs also to be put in a rhetorical way to convince people. 
So you, you, you need to be able to, to, to uh, convince people. Uh, um, and, and this is where I think that the, 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 the articulation of passion and reason is, 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 is important and in the creation of a, of a social imaginary and, and to give, um, yeah, to, to this dimension of the affective dimension, dimension of, of design need to go hand in hand with uh, uh, some policies. Of course, it can't just be, you can't just mobilize design, but, but, but you need to, to have the, the two things together. Mobilize design, you've taken me. I, ever since we started talking about Berlusconi, I've been thinking about sex. And, and when, <laughs> when Putin was mentioned, I started thinking about all kinds of sex. Um, and, and that footage and those photographs, those fantastic homoerotic images of him, um, you know, which, which mobilized got, got desire, well, for, for tonight, <laughs> anyway. Um, which, of course, was upset by the image of Livingstone and, and uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson, Johnson, which put me right off. Um, but, but this whole question about kind of the mobilization of desire, you know, I, I think is, is absolutely key. And I, I wanted to go back to, to something you said right at the beginning about um, the, the need for hope to be part of um, how a collective begins to imagine a, a social imaginary, um, but how at the same time um, democracy needs to begin with the question of the subject. If that isn't too big a jump. I'm, just, I'm interested in that relationship between the collective and the individual and, and the need to have collective dreams and fantasies and desires that are born of passion, but how at the same time it's the individual both as part of a collective um, but at the same time, kind of indivisibly in and of him or herself, um, mm -hmm. that, that needs to be you know, a part of the component of that mobilization. So I guess, yeah, that relationship between the collective and, and the individual vis-a-vis -vis hope. Yeah, but, uh, um, yeah. So what that, my, 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 the way I see things in uh, that respect is the following. Um, when I say that, Political identities are always collective identities. What I mean is that, of course, it's the, it's the individual which is involved, but the individual is part of, you know, when, when we, uh, there, there are, uh, uh, um, to use a Wittgensteinian term in this case, different language game. For instance, in the language game of uh, 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 morality, it's a language game which is very individualistic. It's, me as an individual, you know, and face with uh, different choices, and I make a decision, so it's free. But you, and, and, and I think that's, that's one of the problems, by the way, with, with uh, uh, democratic political theory uh, and, and liberalism, of course, because, they, because of their idea of methodological individualism, they think one need it's always to do with, with the individual subject. But in the case of politics, when you engage in, uh, 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 let, let me put it in a different way. When you, yeah, when you act politically, I mean, for me, to act politically is always to act. It's, 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 it's a, I would say again, in the in, in the very grammar of politics imply that when you act politically, you always act not as an individual, but as pa uh, of course, it's an individual, but part of uh, we. Mm -hmm. You see, this this is for me the, the so it is 
uh, 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 we, as, uh, me as the citizen, me as the part of this group, me, me. So it's, it's me as part of a we. Uh, uh, so, and, and of course, this is why different uh, uh, passion and desire are mobilized. Uh, and this is also why I insisted when I speak. I use the term passion because term passion, of course, can be very ambiguous because people can think of your personal passion. I say, no, here in this is the case of passion, uh, not personal passion, but the passion which are a stake in the construction of political identities, you know, political form of identification. I think the best example for that is probably the question of nationalism. I mean, the, 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 when you... Uh, uh, the mobilization of passion through nationalism is always part of a collective. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't just be me. me uh, and, and, and I think that, in fact, this is true for all form of political uh, uh, form of identification. Uh, uh, and this is why, for instance, I insist so much on the importance of uh, uh, for democratic politics or maintaining the distinction left and right. Of course, accepting that they need to be redefined. In, I'm not saying with the traditional idea of left and right, but us, them. The, 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 this is really what is at stake in political construction of us, and that implies the, the, the distinction of, of them. This is what is. If we are not speaking in that way, we are not in the discourse of politics. We might be speaking in terms of economics or in terms of morality, or in term, but not in the, in the field of politics. Except for a passion for Putin, which, of course, I hope we all share. Yeah, but... Um, uh, question uh, okay. there, question yeah. there. Wait a minute, can I have some rosé? Why you did not bring me some rosé? It's right oh, behind you. Sorry. Look at that. It's hiding sorry, behind sorry, you the sorry, whole time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Calling sorry. your name, but not sorry, sorry. loudly <laughs> enough. There we go. So we have two questions. We have 15 minutes left, so feel free to start. Coming up with one. Okay, uh, I'm going to start. Um, on the subject of Berlusconi, on Berlusconi, that was mentioned uh, yeah, yeah, some time yeah, yeah. ago, um, what, what I was struck by was the fact that Berlusconi sort of completely controls the me and manipulates the media. And, and I have to see what I've written down because I forgot it. Oh, and given that our perception of, of reality and society as such is always somehow mediated and filtered through the media, for instance, doesn't the idea, or even your idea of hope, assume that there is a way of sort of accessing reality directly? And does that not also imply that there is somehow a rationality, even in this kind of politics, because it assumes that there is some kind of way of understanding what would be better? And that conception is sort of not shaped by the media, not shaped by the social environment, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I wonder, because I th see this as a very central problem, because I agree with everything that you're saying, but yet I see it as somehow yet falling back on some kind of implicit rationality and of some directness of having access to the everyday world and being able to um, make sense out of it and act upon it. Yeah, no, no, uh, uh, I see what you mean. And in fact... Uh, when I answered the question about uh, the, the Berlusconi, there was something I, 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 I was at some point thinking of also saying, that of course he also controlled the media. But, you know, I think that it would be too simplistic to uh, explain the subject of Berlusconi only by the fact that he controlled the media. Uh, uh, um, it, it's... There is also the, 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 this other dimension of he, he, he is in some form, you know, uh, giving hope 
to the Italians. So I, I, I was, uh, uh, um, but obviously the, 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 he has been able through the media to construct a, 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 a new, new people in Italy are, 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 are not the same after uh, uh, you know those here of Berlusconi. They've been uh, uh, really able. They've been constructed through uh, um, TV programs and them in, in a different way. But um, I don't think that the the the, the the solution is, is to bring the, I mean, the, the solution will not be for, 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 for the left to, uh, to take away this kind of you know, ideological view so that people will be faced with true reality. Uh, uh, um, or in, 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 more, in more general, I think that there is a, a danger in left-wing thinking to believe that... Uh, what we need to do is to uh, take away, you know, the influence of bourgeois ideology, so that people can become aware of their real interests. I don't think they are such a thing of real interest. Interests are always constructed, uh, 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 discursive. <coughs> so what is important uh, uh, is. And that's how we understand the hegemonic struggle. <coughs> you know, it's not a struggle against you know, true consciousness against false consciousness. It's, it's, it's how can you uh, uh, engage the construction? Berlusconi has been able, of course, through the, the control media, to, crea to create some kind of social imaginary in Italy in which people recognize themselves. You know, they, they, they get all this game. Uh, so the task for the left is, is to offer a, 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 another counter-hegemonic. And of course, it's very difficult because they don't control that many uh, things. Uh, um, but on the other side, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's there are other ways in which you uh, can, I, I, I don't know, some people are very uh, uh, hopeful of the fact that no, after all, you know, not so many people watch TV and read newspaper because they read the internet, and the internet is is. I'm I'm not so you know sure about uh, about that. Um, on the other side, there is there is a tendency, in general, for the left to say, oh, we can't do anything, because the the right controls the media. You know, for instance, take the case of of uh, uh, Britain. You know, say, oh my God, no, uh, the sun is going to support. Uh, uh, Cameron, so that's foutu. It's lost. We can't do anything. Uh, 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 um. But on the other side, i am always been struck by the fact that they've not been in, in, in England, in fact, real effort by the left to uh, construct this alternative media. Where is the, 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 the where has the Labour Party be, really been you know, involved in? In fact, in, Ger in, in, in Germany, for instance, I just was in Berlin last week, and it's incredible the number of... Uh, they, they are two left-wing dailies, uh, uh, Junge Welt and, and Tageszeitung. They've got several uh, uh, um, weekly left-wing papers, and, and those are you know, not... not uh, uh, 
controlled by be no it's, it's, it's a question of will you know if, if people really think that is something which is really important uh, uh, a terrain in which they should spend you know time and energy they could do it but there is so much it seems to me the, the kind of fatalist attitude oh you know we can't do anything it's in any case it's controlled by, by uh, i don't know enough the situation in, in in italy to know if they've been attempt you know to 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 uh, uh if alternative uh newspaper but uh, uh, uh there is one now yes um, No, 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 no. But you, you see, but, but, to, 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 but basically, my point is that the, the, the question is, is not to say, okay, we are going to bring people, create people to true consciousness versus false consciousness. It's, a, it's really a question of, you know, how consciousness is going to be uh, constructed differentially in an, in an hegemonic struggle. But of course, it's true that the control of the of the press. But but I always if. if it's really incredible, and, and, and by the way, uh, one of the uh, mistakes or, or errors of, of, of the left-wing government, uh, and that was uh, uh, before uh, Prodi, it was in fact the, uh, uh, the previous government. They, they, they had promised to control this, and they never did it, you know? They, they, they are also, the, the, this situation of monopoly of Berlusconi has been made possible because nobody has really tried to, to, to stop this. And, and, and it's really incredible that in, in, in a so-called democratic country, you will have such a control of this. This should not be, I mean, uh, 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 possible. There should be people uh, fighting against that. But um, the, the relation of force, it's, it's a question of relation of forces. I, yeah. Uh, I'm interested in the point David raised. Are you speaking into the microphone? No. <laughs> How much hope requires an object? How much hope requires an object, yes. Relating this to what you describe as a failure of the left, that there was an alternative signifier in communism, whatever, and these somehow have been discredited, and there's a need to come up with some new alternative. Um, I'm wondering how much, as an effective mobilizer, actually hope. Actually, these terms need to be very abstract, and that communism was a very abstract notion in 1870 or 1917. Now, with the whole history of what happened in Russia or China, or whatever, it's become too historical, too specific, and therefore cannot act as a, a sort of mobilizer. And but actually, I mean, it, it seems to me that in, in political terms, the moments of hope that have come in the last year have been the hope that sort of Marx left that. Capitalism would destroy itself through its own contradictions. It doesn't require us to have some ethical attitude. And that there was a moment of hope when it looked like the banks were going to collapse, the global financial system was going to collapse, when the British political system was so discredited that it looked like it was going to have to fundamentally change. Now, those hopes have disappeared. But it seems to me there's a... There's a um, 
there's a pure opposition, and that actually contains a sort of hope that it doesn't need some positive signifier. Um, one knows what one's against. They're institutional systems at work that control power at the moment, and that acting against those seems to be sufficient without putting in place some alternative positive. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, uh, no, but what, uh, what, so what, what is the question exactly? What, uh, uh, I, I follow your argument. Well, I, I, th I think my question is, is really whether the failure of the left is actually thinking it needs to come up with some positive utopian vision to replace the current system. The power of the current system is partly that what it offers is very abstract. It's built in the abstraction of money. And that in itself, actually, is part of its appeal. Mm. And that actually, kind of, you know, the, the populist causes on the left were against bankers, against MPs. They were purely oppositional. They weren't motivated by some positive vision of an ethical society or anything like that. And I wonder whether that sort of purely oppositional or destructive or negative energies actually don't have much more to do with hope than putting in place some ideal futures that replace the current system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I find the, 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 the case of Britain, in a sense, puzzling. Um, I, I, I think we can only uh, um, understand what's happening now in the context of what has happened with new labor, you know. Because uh, um, it's not... In, in, honestly, when I think <laughs> rationality... But okay, I, I understand that, you know, people are not excited by, 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 by uh, uh, Braun, but... How can they imagine that things are going to be better under Cameron? It, 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 it's, you know, really uh, uh, so difficult to understand that, you know? So, uh, uh, um, but, so I, th I, I think it's not so much, the, and, and people say, it's, it's, uh, it really makes me sick, but, uh, the, the, oh, he's not uh, charismatic enough, he's not, that's not the problem. The problem is not uh, 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 Gordon Brown. The problem is, is, is Blair and New Labour and everything with, with, which they had been done under New Labour. And of course, Gordon Brown was part of that. I mean, that obviously, you know. things can only get better was the theme tune. Uh, 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 because so. he, he, he you see, the problem with the... the uh, when we begin to think about why is it that social democratic parties today, which normally, I mean, according to what, uh, in a crisis should, should be getting, why are they all over Europe, you know, losing, but really uh, losing, I, I, I think, except for, of course, you know, Socrates in, in, in Portugal is we can uh, manage to with, with reduce ma ma uh, majority. I, I don't really know enough about you know, Portuguese politics to have an explanation for that. But everywhere is a debacle. Huh? Well, one of the reasons, of course, is that they can't really uh, uh, appear as, they, they can't even claim to offer, uh, and, and let me put it differently, because obviously what we are seeing is a crisis of the neoliberal model of globalization. So people say, okay, yeah, but the problem is that socialist parties have been part of that project. 
you know, and, and, and they've been uh, uh, in many countries, uh, the one we've contributed to, 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 to uh, uh, this privatization and things like that. So they can't really uh, uh, appear as offering an alternative. It, it, people don't believe that. It, it, they are, and if they happen to be in power at that time, they are the one who are seen as being responsible for the situation. So um, the, the, I, I, I don't, it doesn't seem to me that uh, uh, in the case, I don't know, maybe that would be interesting to know what, what you think about that, but in the case of Britain, it doesn't seem to me that the vote for Cameron and the Tories will be a sign that he has been able to articulate some kind of hope to move. Uh, 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 uh. It's more that people are just so fed up with the, with the label, get rid of those, you know. It, it's, it's, we, we, we want a change. So it's not always that a change is an expression of something better. It, it can also be, you know, that's enough. We don't want them. We can't really trust them anymore. Uh, um, in some cases, it's, it's, yeah, it's because they, they, they appear. And in, in, in the situation today, of course, and it's very difficult for, for, for the left to, to appear to present an alternative to a model that they've been able and, and in grand part responsible for implementing. So I think, I think the situation is, is really complicated. Uh, 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 So what what can what oh could they mobilize? Uh, 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 oh, they they can't really mobilize it on the basis of a project because again I insist on the fact I don't think that oh need really mobilize on on question of of you know uh, offering particular policies. I mean, uh, Braun has been uh, uh, trying to do that, but that does not work. I mean, and, and in the case of Britain, it's just simply because they are just so fed up. What, I think whatever he will do, it's, 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 it's uh, 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 finished. So it's not, it's not so much, uh, uh, it's, it's more the background than, 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 than what he's doing. But if we are thinking of other countries, Well, in other countries, in fact, it's, it's the same because uh, social democratic parties have been the one we've been, and, and this is you know kind of the, the kind of third way things, and uh, uh, they've been accepting that there is no alternative to neoliberal globalization. I mean, for me, the only place where I do see, for instance, some some hope for a change. I mean, I think in Germany it's interesting because in Germany and and. Uh, Contrary to other European countries, they've got a, a left-wing party, the, 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 the Linke, which has been able to articulate in uh, 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 an, an alternative, and, and, and seriously, not, not uh, as you know, in, in, in France, the uh, uh, new anti-capitalist party, which are really not not seeing. But in, because when you have and, and that's one of the things I've been interested in showing. Consensus at the center, a grand coalition, is always very bad for democratic politics because it means that there is basically no difference between you know, center right and center left. So people don't see any alternative. There is no hope or, 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 of change. And this is why in most of the, uh, European countries, when you have grand coalition, 
the parties which uh, uh, really uh, 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 gain from that are right-wing populist parties. In Germany, in fact, and that's something which is really good for Germany, there, there, there is a party, which of course is criticized by the uh, uh, establishment parties as being populist, uh, uh, um, but it's, it's a populism of the left, and, and I think it's really uh, interesting what they are doing. They are really offering an alternative on the left. They are saying, you know, no neoliberal globalization is not the only fate. So they are, of course, I mean, obviously of offering some, uh, defending some policies. They are defending, for instance, the policies of the uh, um, basic income and, and a lot of more uh, redistributive policies. But this is not really so, uh, this is important, but it's not the central thing. They are saying, and this is why people, you know, are, can be mobilized, we are going to try to develop an alternative to neoliberal globalization. So it's, it's much more the, the way in which those, you know, the, to come back to what I was saying before, is the creation of an alternative social imaginary. And, and, and that people say, okay, we, we, have, we are not stuck with this, is not a fate. Things could be different. The, 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 yeah, there is a, that was the strong, the strong point of the uh, anti-globalization movement. No, it's possible, but I think that they, they've not been able to really uh, 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 articulate it in, in, in a, a, a way that was seen as realistic because of their uh, 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 insistence that basically civil society on its own should be able to do that and parties and, and trade unions were, you know, well, the, the, to, the enemy will be a bit too strong to put it, but you know, could not, not, we should not work with, with them. And on that reasonably optimistic note, I'd like to bring proceedings to a close. I know there were other questions. I'm sorry we didn't have a chance to get to them. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much for your questions and your comments and your conversation. Please come back on the 7th of January for Peter Osborne. And please join me in thanking Chantal Mouffe for being so generous with her conversation.